0: Because I need to burn the calories In order to eat my Thanksgiving dinner That's not the why Because my watch pinged me That I needed to move That's not the why Mm -hmm. So the why I get up Is because I want to feel good And for me as a parent It's also because I want to be able To give my kids love For the rest of the day Mm -hmm. And if I'm like Mommy needs to work out Mm -hmm. That might not happen So in March 2022, my good friend Devin, who's an esthetician, asked our group of friends if we wanted a free facial. She had to train someone. This is an obvious yes. And it was actually perfect timing because my skin, and I've never had skin issues, was the worst Mm. I've ever seen it. And I don't just mean on my face. I mean that I had some strange rash on my arms. I was had skin flaking. It was just, you know, not my perfect state. Went to this facial, felt rejuvenated, came home. Truly that day, noticed that my hair was falling out oh a gosh. little bit. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, I'm just kind of falling apart <laughs> here. <laughs> but good thing we at least got the skin side um, figured out. And... At that point, I actually started taking notes on my phone. I had just finished breastfeeding that um, October, so it was maybe four months after that, and started taking notes of some other things that I noticed. Another thing that I noticed was, and maybe TMI, but I was sweating more often. Yeah. I started waking up in the night, and I'm, I'm normally like head hits the pillow, I am asleep and I am asleep until my alarm goes off. And even at this point, I'm sure you feel this too. After years of waking up to coach classes at a certain time, I kind of naturally wake up at Mm. that time. Mm -hmm. So waking up around 1 a.m. to either wrestle around or go to the bathroom, whatever it may have been, was abnormal. And that was happening often. I would wake up and feel so bloated, just Mm. this sense of indigestion, and I couldn't pinpoint the source of that because i was eating the same yeah you weren't uh,
1: eating donuts the no night it wasn't yeah.
0: like it was definitely that cupcake mm. um <laughs> typically i can handle those no but i again wrote this down and i noticed then that there was a change in my menstrual cycle mm-hmm. for my entire life it had always been on a 28 days and it was around 24 25 26 fluctuating across the board I made notes of all these things for a few months. I remember kind of in August or September being like, okay, this has gone on for a little bit. Mm -hmm. There was a time that my face felt really puffy, so I bought an ice roller. There was, um, I noticed some weight changes or like distribution of weight changes, so I dialed into my macros more diligently, obviously. Uh And fatigue started hitting me really hard around 2 p.m. Mm-hmm. I remember that I would tell people this, and they'd be like, yes, you have two small children. <laughs> okay. Yes, but but I don't normally feel just completely this is different. depleted. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I, at that point, realized, number one, the power of taking notes, because I could track back and say, these are kind of the things that are going on. There's skin issues, there's hair falling out, there's digestion issues, there's Um, joint pain, I had some random back pain that I went to the chiropractor for like every month for a number of months and could not pinpoint exactly what was causing it. I had these weight changes, this perspiration, et cetera. And then finally I decided, okay, I'm going to go to the doctor and let them know. So I went to my PCP, got labs drawn. They said, hey, everything's fine.
1: Yeah. Oh, cool thanks yeah. and yeah. I
0: and I said well what do we do about like me feeling all these things and it being really abnormal mm-hmm. and they said why don't you just try to focus on a healthy lifestyle And I was like okay and I didn't say do you understand what I do I yeah. said okay what do you think doc that- I'm your wet dream <laughs> yeah, when it comes yeah. to a healthy lifestyle like, what do you think that is and she said, well, do you prioritize sleep? Do you get outside? Do you eat fruits and vegetables? Do you, and all of these things. I'm like, yes, mm-hmm. I do all of those things. And you would be shocked to see the list of things that I do. Mm-hmm. And I think I said to her, hey, I am the healthiest person that you're going to see today, like no doubt in my brain. Mm-hmm. Um, but okay. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. I ended up going to a functional... Doctor, and this message is not to say, like, hey, go find a functional doctor and really get your labs drawn. This is to say, by making sure that you are your advocate. Mm-hmm. Mm, and, I love and the beauty of what we do here is we also couple you with a coach who can, if you have these conversations with them and record this kind of stuff, mm-hmm. they can help you figure out, like, maybe what the next step should be. So make sure that you understand your body better than anyone else and you are tuned in to what's going on but all that to say I went to the functional doctor I had my labs drawn we found out that my testosterone was uncomfortably low my thyroid was not in a good place my cortisol was really high which I found pretty shocking Um, now that I've investigated more I kind of understand that but the cortisol was high the adrenals needed a lot of support and my um, anxiety and infl- or excuse me, my inflammation mm-hmm. level uh, levels were not good. So I had to step back and think, okay, if I'm doing all of these healthy lifestyle things, what are some other behavior or nutritional changes that I can make to really make sure that my wellness is not going to tank based off these symptoms and it it didn't, what I discovered it didn't have a lot of changes to do with my fitness but mm-hmm. we will talk today about how fitness and what people tend to do in that fitness world um, in this go-go-go culture might affect those levels but yeah. I think that for me a lot of those changes needed to happen on the behavioral and nutritional side so um, I think that it will be impactful for us to talk about how those things may happen, how to see those things happening, what you can do about it in the different realms of your life Mm -hmm. in order to live a life that is really great systematically and not just um, really awesome at fitness, but really bad at getting sleep, et cetera.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm so into it. I'm so happy you're here. I'm so thankful for you. I've known you and Andrew for like 12 years Yes, and I can't think of two people individually and then collectively as a unit that have experienced like a better trajectory towards growth Mm. and you know where you and I were individually in our own places of um, relationships and in fitness when we first met and and where we have come really individually, but collectively because we, we work together. I'm just, I'm so proud of that. I'm so proud of you. I'm so thankful for you. Mm-hmm. And yeah, after the last podcast, we, we said, hey, wouldn't it be cool to, to do lots more of these? Um, and as I was saying before we started recording, you know, I grew up with four little brothers. Uh, for most of my life, I've really intentionally and blatantly tried to be as masculine as I possibly could. And now I'm married and I have three wonderful girls and it's given me permission to investigate and be really curious about the, the female (laughs) and is, something from a fitness standpoint that I think deep down I've always had a heart for that like for for the female that's trying so hard to do the right thing and I think most of the time that's what's heartbreaking is that she's trying to do the right thing like like whoever it is that steps into the gym like her intentions are to feel better about herself Mm And so I asked you the question, like, hey, you know, 10, 15 years ago, if you could go back in time, which is one of my favorite questions in general, what would you say to yourself? I asked my wife Kelly as well. But then also having these malleable little girls that I live with, I get to see it also from the other side of, hey, what would you not not hypothetically or retroactively, but hey, we have these real people. That we have the potential to to guide in, in maybe a different direction than we've experienced, and I, when I say we, I mean all of us, but but maybe females specifically, because I I think that has some crossover with what the male experiences, but but clearly, I can tell from living with four of them <laughs> that it's that it's not exactly the same.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So. Yeah, one of the things I, I hope we talk about is just women's health. Um, but also, you know, maybe even just from a fitness standpoint, things that are getting in our way at this point in time, your, your hot take on, on some of those things with, with your vast amounts of coaching and experience that you say, you know what, at this point, like this isn't actually serving us as well as it once did. So, you know, we can start really yeah. wherever.
0: So I think it might be helpful before we dive into some of those hot takes on the Mm, fitness landscape mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because I do think that will be a great topic for us of since you said a woman is kind of looking for her place and her purpose and her identity through fitness. She knows that she wants to be healthy, but there's a lot of conflicting information and conflicting feelings Mm -hmm. and all that. I do think that our advice here also will apply to men. So if you're a male, still, mm-hmm. still listen in yeah, because yeah. we have don't, some thoughts. Don't, don't tune in out. Here. Um, you can just kind of view it through a different lens. But before we get into some of the things fitness-wise, that in the fitness landscape may be affecting women or men on the way that they view training, mm-hmm. we can kind of circle back to that story of hey, when you're in a really stressed time in your life, be that because of having kids, be that because you have a high-stress job, a lot of those other things do need to be dialed in to make sure that we don't go off on the the deep end on the other side.
1: Yeah, and by dialed, you mean like recalibrated, really? Recalibrated, uh-huh. for
0: sure. And I I was telling you this, that I read something the other day that – discipline means the commitments that you make to yourself and so when people will say you're really disciplined about these things I'm thinking well my commitment is to myself I have to feel I want to feel good tomorrow Mm. so I'm going to make sure that I prioritize these things but not in a way that I've like lost touch with my relationship with my friends or anything but that I want to feel good I don't want to wake up feeling bloated first thing in the morning I don't want to Uh, feel that fatigue at 2 p.m. That didn't feel good. So what can I do not to do that?
1: Yeah, I I love that. Say that again, discipline.
0: Discipline is the commitments that you make to yourself.
1: What do you think it means? Why why would you make a commitment to yourself?
0: Man, and that could be in so many different realms of life, right? But if we're speaking just about wellness, if you want to be your best version of yourself, in order to be the best version of yourself for others, so in a mother's or a parent's standpoint, that being the case, Mm -hmm. that means that I need to recalibrate my brain around what I need in a day or what I need to do for myself in order to, like, be – Fully functioning. Yeah. Um, and so I view discipline not as like, hey, that's amazing that you wake up at 5 a.m. to go to the 530. Yeah, it is. But that discipline to me is I want to make sure that I'm fully present with my kids during the day. So for me, that means that I, I work out in the morning.
1: I, I want to go off on a little tangent yeah. here because I think this is really good. Uh, somebody, John Bauer, sent me a book. Uh, like a trailer mm. for some documentary, and it's called. I'm gonna look it up. It's called the Cave of Adulam. Stay with me here. Look it up. Have you heard of this? No. It's this guy. I think in the like the the Detroit area, African American guy that's a martial artist, and he brings in these inner city youth. And at first glance, it looks like a martial arts program, but what it is is a program to give these kids like unconditional love. And I'm watching this two-minute trailer, and at the end, he says this, which got me really emotional. He said, all of these people in the community think that these kids are here because they need discipline, but what these kids need is love. And he's like, all the scared straight stuff, you know, you like, you know, scare a kid into, you know, not making the same mistakes. He's Mm -hmm. like, all that is bogus. Mm -hmm. He's like, what these kids need is maybe for the first time in their life, like unconditional love. I mean, it's super powerful. I can't wait to see it. But the reason that I mentioned that is I think a commitment to yourself is to say, I love myself. I'm doing these things not because – the world tells me i need to exercise or because my stupid ass watch tells me i need these number of steps i go walk because i love to be outside i exercise because it feels really good to be in that place when i then have to transition to be a parent to know that i've already done those things so what's weird In paradoxicals, when we say discipline, really what we're saying is, hey, I'm prioritizing myself. I'm prioritizing that I matter. I'm prioritizing that I'm worthy of love.
2: Right.
0: Yeah. And and we say a lot here. What is your why? Mm -hmm. And my why is because I deserve that. Right. And it does not need to be because I want to wear the matching set of the bra and pants (laughs) and I want to look really good in my hot yoga class. That's not the why. Or because I need to burn the calories in order to eat my Thanksgiving dinner. That's not the why. Because my watch pinged me that I needed to move. That's not the why. Mm -hmm. So the why I get up is because I want to feel good. And for me as a parent, it's also because I want to be able to give my kids love for the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. And if I'm like, mommy needs to work out, mm-hmm. that might not happen.
1: Mm-hmm. And you, you said it yesterday, it's like as a parent, there's very little, I, I believe, that they're going to receive from sitting down and getting a lecture on something. But those kids learn quick by the way that you carry yourself. They're very in tune. Hey, dad, what's wrong? Mm -hmm. I haven't said a single word. I've been in the house for 90 seconds. Stella comes up and says, hey, Dad, what's wrong? Because she knows, right? She knows how I normally act and that I was different. And the same thing with exercise and the same thing with nutrition and the same thing with, you know, like mom's looking at her watch because she knows she needs to get to work out. Mm -hmm. What does that communicate to the kid? It communicates that it's a chore, right? Not like, hey, this is a joy. And, I mean, that's a whole other ball of wax, but...
0: We call that caught, not taught in our house. Mm. So the way that we act is going to be caught. Uh It's not just about what we're teaching. Mm -hmm. So that means we have to live it and act it and be it. And that's how that's going to start to sprinkle into their lives. So if it's, um, hey, daddy's going on a run. It's not daddy's going on a run because he has to before you know we have our big dinner tonight. No, it's daddy, daddy's gonna go on a run uh, because he loves being outside mm-hmm. and it's so beautiful mm-hmm. and it's gonna feel so good mm-hmm. and he can listen to that book that he loves. Then that's a much different idea from the kids of what going on a run is. And we're training their brains to wire around fitness in that way mm-hmm. now.
1: Yeah. And I think even just as like a family system, my kids, I, 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 like to remind them like, I'm not your Butler, you know, like I'm not here to serve you. Like you're going to get to an age where we, we all need to be on this journey together towards this generative place where all of us are getting better. Mm-hmm. So there's times where I'm going to be really keyed into what you need, but, spoiler there's going to be times where you need to be keyed into what I need. And that, you know, like to a five-year-old, they're like, huh? Uh, And
0: And you and we want to teach them how to think, Mm -hmm. not what to think. Mm -hmm. And that means that you can't be their butler. Mm Like you've said this, that you say it with your kids of, well, what do you think? Yeah. What a great question. (laughs) Because if if mommy gives all of the answers, but anyway, that would have... That lessons of the household. Yes. Yeah. Ca- caught, not taught how that kind of dives into the, the behavior and the fitness side of why we tell them why we're going to yeah. sleep, not just get in your room. It's time to mm-hmm. sleep. It's like, no, you're going to feel so Wouldn't good in the morning. Like, Can you believe yeah. it? Yeah. Wouldn't you like <laughs> to feel great tomorrow? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Mommy also wants to feel great. So, um,
1: you said something earlier. It's like, Hey, I want to do this Because I deserve it, and, it's, and and I think what you were saying, I don't want to put words in your mouth, and Kelly and I talk about this a lot, it's like, hey, let's strip away all the roles that we put on and all the identities and all the costumes that we wear, you know our, our matching set, which I got to explain to the girls like, "Hey, daddy, why is she in a swimsuit at Starbucks? It's like, okay, it's not a swimsuit, it's like a <laughs> you know, it's a whole thing. Um, but you know, you strip all it's that in away right
0: now. Mm.
1: And, you know, the question is, like, hey, who are you without any of those things, without being a mom, and and what does that look like from a self-worth standpoint? And what I heard you say, and I, and I absolutely believe the answer is, well, you're worthy of love just because you are. You know, there's like nothing you got to do. And that's, you know, we could make that biblical, but I don't think that it has to be. It's like everybody is inherently worth something just because you're breathing. And to like rest in that thought. And then as we start to do these things that we know are good things and, and our ways to love ourselves, it's just an extension of that. Mm-hmm. And if we want to go run a race or if we want to put on a you know, bike shorts and go for a mountain right? It doesn't mean, hey, I've all of a sudden become this thing that I need accolades for. It's just something that I did because mm-hmm. I know deep down, like, hey, I'm my, my self-worth isn't like based on you congratulating me on that race.
0: Yes, the fully known and fully loved aspect of who you are. Mm. And I think, I read this great book, highly recommend, called Unoffendable. I think mm-hmm. it's by yeah, Brant. Hansen, uh-huh. I apologize if that's wrong, but um, how everybody, I mean, there's a lot there, but understanding that everybody is w- worthy of who they are and mm-hmm. um, loved and known and we're all people. And mm-hmm. so I think that as far as the fitness landscape with women, the I deserve it. Sometimes women can take that in the wrong way, or men of...
1: It can feel like entitlement.
2: Totally. Uh-huh.
0: Or, or it can feel guilty. Self-indulgence. Can, yeah, that, and I say that in a way of, hey, we're all worth caring about ourselves. And that doesn't take away from me being a good parent. It just might mean that I have to finagle my day a little bit different, mm. differently mm-hmm. than I would if I didn't. So, um, some of the ways that I adjusted
1: yes what I was doing. Yes, I'm fascinated. Cause you know, without context, someone wouldn't know that like from a fitness standpoint, you were dialed. From a nutrition right. standpoint, you were already weighing and measuring. Right. You you were already keyed in. As you were telling that story in the beginning, I also wrote down that you were you had opened your field of vision to include more. So as before, it was like, hey, how could I almost achieve, you know, close to an absolute, close to as good as someone could do in these things, and you started tracking and paying attention to more of the territory versus like the, the immediate landscape of
2: like fitness. widening the lens. Yes, uh-huh.
0: yes, and I think that, and like I said, we'll dive into how the fitness side might affect some people in that area. For me, I think I was doing the right workouts to not mess up thyroid and testosterone and cortisol and all of that, but I started really prioritizing sleep. I always have, but in the way of, hey, if I don't get this amount of sleep, then that will determine, and we talked about this in the last podcast, that determines the type of workout that I have tomorrow. That in hand kind of changed the social aspect of our lives Mm -hmm. that if, and obviously there are exceptions, but Andrew and I prioritize sleep. And so if that socially doesn't fit with something like, hey, we want to feel awesome tomorrow, for our kids uh-huh. so we're going to say no to certain things
2: uh-huh.
0: um i h- may-
2: h-
1: how do people respond to that not
0: well as you know not uh-huh. well no they'll be like all right you, okay you're leaving it's okay and i'm like yes that's that's the rule
1: yeah you know <laughs> i love
0: you so much <laughs> but i deserve it
1: <laughs> it's the same as drinking it's the same as staying up late it's the same as all these things where it's like hey don't don't you want to feel like shit, like I'm going to tomorrow? Right. But I also
0: think because (laughs) I'm so in tune with my body, as are you, I know how that feels. Mm -hmm. So the next day I know what it feels like to be low on sleep or have had alcohol. Mm -hmm. I don't like it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that people like fully sit in that moment of why do I feel this way or what's making me feel that way.
1: I think you're right. I think there's a, a lack of perception. I think there's a lack of awareness of just like, Paying attention to those things. Yeah.
0: Hey, if you felt that way, what is it that you've also had in your diet this week that maybe made you wake up? Mm -hmm. Um, Other things were not having coffee first thing in the morning, or at least not before food or water with high cortisol. I was trying to make sure that I had food and water in me and that I ate and drank something like 20 or 30 ounces of water, I mean, within an hour of Mm -hmm. waking, so that I didn't have a blood sugar spike. So notice the things we've talked about, mostly behavioral or nutrition. Um, I was making sure that I got sunlight on my eyes in the morning, that my circadian rhythm was operating correctly, making sure, and I mean, we could go into that circadian rhythm and cortisol and leptin and melatonin and all of that but really just to make sure that my system was functioning in the timing that it was supposed to um focusing on meals always having protein carb and fat and produce i've even taught my kids those things yeah so yes so we have a plate and i'm like okay where's the protein where's the fat Where's the carb? Uh-huh. Where's the like color? Where's the produce? And it's so fun to have them build a plate that way. So healthy habits caught, not taught. But that one's taught, <laughs> but now it's kind of like they look at it and know.
1: How did but, you teach them what a protein was?
0: It, that was a little bit – sometimes they get a little bit confused uh-huh. if um, things are kind of mixed, that they're both. And I'm like, well, it's technically a fat, but it's also – but, yeah, we, we did chicken and meat. Um, we've d- talked about eggs, but then we've talked about how eggs has some fat in it. You know what I um, tell
1: the girls? I said if it once had a soul or a face.
0: Oh, there you go. <laughs> Probably should have said that. Yeah, I should just be like a tiger is also that protein. That kind of grossed <laughs> them out, <Yeah>. though. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. What? <laughs> um, so making sure that my meals were balanced, um, making sure my carb count was high enough. I was always really good about Protein. That's a
1: counterintuitive thing.
0: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I would say especially for women that protein I was already doing 1.0 times body weight. It's so funny in the in the world right now on the internet it says like 0. 0.3 times body weight is fine too. Huh? I'm really confused there, but a a lot of... (laughs)
2: the big range. uh,
0: It's a really big range, but a lot of people will say 0.8 to 1.0. But I was nailing the protein aspect, but I wasn't nailing the carb aspect, which means I wasn't having the energy stores ready to pull from Mm -hmm. and wasn't fueling before and after workouts correctly, but kind of just operating on E, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that I started doing more parasympathetic nervous system work?
1: I think that's, as I am a happy observer, I think that's what you become really good in. Whereas before, it's like you could say, hey, I specialized in sympathetic nervous <laughs> yes. system. And, and how and, to get you there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and now it's, you know, like we we do a daily call, and I love to hear what things you're doing under that health category, not to produce stress, but almost to mitigate. Yes, yes.
0: Um, We do a daily call as coaches that we talk about. We want every coach to say, and it lasts five minutes, Mm -hmm. but I'm telling this story because people could do this in their homes with their significant other or their friends because it keeps you very accountable. Mm -hmm. But we list something that we've done for our health or something that we plan to do for our health that day because we do it the call in the morning. We list something that we're doing for work because we are on a work call. Mm-hmm. And then we list something that we're doing for relationship. It's always funny if you don't have something for a relationship and people will be like, I am going to call my mom today. Yeah. Hey, then you better call <laughs> yeah, your mom yeah. today.
1: Or it's like three days in a row. It's yeah, like, I'm still, hey, I am still that, need to call my mom. How's that mom call going?
0: So the health, and you said this, the health does not need to be when you list it just about a workout.
1: Mm-hmm
2: boring. It
0: could be what you are doing for your brain, for yourself, for just movement. And to that point, and this week is a great example. It's been a really busy week for me. And that has meant that my workouts are not going to empty my stress, or, you know, add into my stress bucket if I'm already there. So my health answer is, I went on a walk this morning, or I rode on the bike this morning, or I read my Bible this morning, or I read, I listened to a podcast this morning. What did you do that was good for you as a human? Mm -hmm. And old me would have been like, I went to the 5.30 a.m. class and I posted my workout on Sugar sugar Sugarwad and I won. (laughs) Uh, So that would not
1: And totally, it's like 10 years ago, it'd be like, you read a book for your health. What are you talking about?
0: Totally. And so we want to reframe that brain. That's why we have behavior as the beginning of our name, behavior and performance research. It's not just about your performance, but parasympathetic nervous system work, that would be your rest and digest. Sympathetic would be your fight or flight. Typically, if you are sweating more, even think about when you're nervous, that's your sympathetic nervous system kicking in because you're sweating a little bit more. Yeah, um, you
1: tell me that when I sweat and I eat, that it's not, it's <laughs> not, it's not restful.
2: <laughs> Clue right, number great one. Great
0: point, though. If you're eating standing up and oh, eating yeah. really fast, you haven't. Uh-huh gotten into the right yeah. state to actually digest. If it's so
1: spicy, that I feel stressed <laughs> out. Are you tell yeah. me it's not doing what's supposed to be done.
0: Sympathetic would be <laughs> heart rate being raised. Yes. And more sweat. Yeah. And so if you think about a workout, if you are adding in breath work, so at the beginning of the workout, there's more inhales at the end of the workout, there's more exhales and there's more of that feeling of being safe and the workout is over and I'm doing some kind of cool down and I even do this breath work. Oh, well, so that could be like you do yoga or Pilates depending on the type, if it's Mm -hmm. truly like a restorative Mm -hmm. yoga or a restorative type of workout. Um, But I would say even incorporating that breath work for me as someone who had high inflammation and high cortisol this morning is a great example. My husband's out of town, so I had to get the kids ready and myself ready and everybody out the door. And I was getting my stuff together, and I thought, I need to take some very big breaths while mm-hmm. I'm doing this. Wow. I just need to, okay, I'm going to pour my water. And working through it in that way, just even the longer breaths.
1: That you need that, I think, is, is a great huge. great takeaway.
0: Huge. So if you are constantly working in a sympathetic nervous system state that can lead to a lot of stress hormones being pulled from Mm -hmm. that can lead to the higher cortisol, which we'll get into in a little bit. But that was why I started incorporating, Hey, I'm breathing. I'm okay. Uh, what uh, do I need to, when the kids have gone down for bed, I should probably read something rather than getting amped up about something. Mm. I should, What is it that I'm doing during my idle time that is more focused and calm to tell my system, hey, we're going to go to bed and we're not going to talk about anything crazy or do anything crazy Mm -hmm. before that. Mm -hmm. Um, I think one of the biggest things that I worked on was retraining my brain for what an effective workout is.
1: Yes. Yes, let's talk about this.
0: And and I like I said, I think I was there, but I think sometimes my mental went back to the other side of things that I, I used to think that sweatiness was an indicator of the effectiveness of my workout, that more fatigue, more soreness, more sweat – meant that the workout more calories burned Mm -hmm. was the more effective workout for my body and what I needed to do. Mm -hmm. And in the past or even during this time when things were going on, I had moved away from that because I believe in some different things that we'll talk about. However, I still might say I'm going to throw this on at the end of the day or not look at the anxiety level that I was already feeling when my kids were little and I was – running on less sleep and mm-hmm. I would still pile on something that was sweaty and was exhausting. Yes. And there's this and I think I asked you yesterday. I think the term is neuroplasticity of of rewiring or, or retraining or formulating your brain to believe about something differently that I had to literally and that's the hardest thing to do, retrain my brain mm. for how it thinks a workout should feel. And be.
1: Yeah, and I have a good analogy for that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, so those physiological responses are real and from a sensational standpoint. So, so literally like your senses perceiving is that stressful? It absolutely is. There's no doubt about that but let's use something different, let's use nutrition. The nutritional equivalent of that would be to have something that is also sensational, which means that the food that you would consume would not produce a parasympathetic response, it would produce something that was intoxicatingly appealing. And so for that meal, if I wanted to to do the same thing that you just mentioned, you know, from an exercise standpoint, it wouldn't be good for you. Mm-hmm. Now in that moment, it would be great, just like the workout feels like it's great, but it's not a way to live your life long-term. And I think that's the really hard thing to communicate. It's like, hey, if we go into any group fitness class, the easiest thing for you and I to do would be to, to coach a workout that would be absolutely devastating. Mm-hmm. It's the easiest thing for you and I to do. Totally. Just like it would be the easiest thing for us to get something nutritionally that would would hit all those things. Or from a relational standpoint, that's what a one-night stand is. Yep. Right? I mean,
0: yeah. a, a cake, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, this is so good. Yeah. But tomorrow it's not great.
1: Tomorrow yep. it's not great. and And I think the thing that you and I agree with It doesn't mean those things are are bad. It doesn't mean that having cake is evil. And it doesn't mean that we're not advocating that exercise can't be hard. But I think by and large where fitness needs to trend is to live in a world where you're not searching for those stimulations.
0: Yeah, or that adrenaline or that kick or that hit. That yeah. makes me think uh, a neighbor asked me for meal ideas, and I said, Andrew and I typically eat for sustenance mm-hmm. to just, like, check the boxes. Yeah. it's boring. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I can send you yeah. what I'm doing. But, yes, I'll follow a recipe sometimes, but we typically are making foods that we choose the meat and we choose the veggie and we choose the starch and we kind of go from there. hmm Add whatever spice you want that changes it up. Mm-hmm. And that makes me think that with fitness, it's kind of the same way that it's like, hey, we're working out in a way for sus- for opposite of for, sustenance. Yeah, but yeah, that works to feel good. Yeah. Just to move my body, move my blood. And the way working out that way allows my body to recover and to function correctly. Mm-hmm. And that's not the super sexy variation. Mm-hmm. But guess what? I have not had an injury in a really long time. Yeah. A really long
1: yeah. time. Yeah. And it, and it also, you know, I asked my wife in anticipation for this, like, you know, what do you think? She's like, hey, burnout's totally preventable. Getting to a point where you have to, you know, because you're injured or you got to, like, take a vacation from your life, like, that's totally preventable and it is this thing that we're talking about it's Mm -hmm. like relying for the most part on pretty boring practices that you can still find enjoyment in I think that's the secret of a well-blended life it's like hey going for a walk can be really enjoyable
0: can be the best
1: slow resistance training zone two work um, and it almost makes those times where you wake up it's like I've slept great I could really go for it today. It like gives you permission to enjoy it. The same way that on Saturday, it's a celebration for us to have a Queen Amon from Village Bakery. But it wouldn't be if we were having that like six days a week. Totally. You know what I
0: mean? Yes, yes. I. I it would be really hard to overdo Zone 2. Work low to moderate intensity, Amen. breath work, doing something for a hundred and fifty minutes a week. It would be really easy to overdo hit workouts. So if you are going to a forty-five minute hit workout, mm-hmm. that can be overdone. Yeah, just like it's <laughs> it's overdone.
1: easy to overdo sweets. It's pretty yeah. hard to kill yourself with broccoli. Yes, it's easy to to be latched on to uh, lust. And some type of sensation and relationship that you're constantly searching for, it's it's hard to have a really shitty relationship if you over communicate with each other.
0: Totally. Yeah. So some of the things that you and I talked about with fitness culture, mm-hmm. you want to go there sure. as far as like hot takes on fitness culture. Oh yeah. So so we live in a busyness culture, in a hustle culture, in this grinding culture that.
1: It's applauded.
0: <laughs> there is this.
1: How many parents you hear love to brag about how oh, I'm so busy,
0: and it's so funny. I told someone yesterday, I when they said I have these things to do, and I said, you know what's funny is I'm actually in the stage of cutting a lot of things out mm-hmm. because it's not serving me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's I will listen and yeah. I will do, love. Do, love do you they really. just
1: look at you like?
0: What are you cutting you just out? You spoke yeah. Spanish to <laughs> yeah, him? Yes. Like, what? But what do you cut out? So there's this mentality that's very pervasive, especially in fitness culture of more, more, more. And we talked about this earlier with the more sweat, more calories burned, more fatigue, et cetera. And I think part of that is because workouts are really easy to sell.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: A workout class is really easy to sell. Do this workout for the next 90 days and experience results versus, hey, for the next 90 days, be aware of your proteins, carbs, and mm-hmm. fats, and maybe whole, whole foods, mm-hmm. removing some of the processed foods, and see if you feel better. Or for the next 90 days, make it about your sleep and your relationships. If you're <laughs> thinking about that relational piece, what am I doing throughout the day that's keeping me going? Maybe for the next 90 days, you work on retraining your brain, about what a workout needs to be and then let's talk yeah and that's the kind of stuff we do here but that's not
1: i'm I'm smiling and laughing because it's like the worst sale of all time like hey if, uh, if so i here's sat program. and told yeah. you to
0: do that you'd be like <laughs> but what else
1: here's a program uh 80% of your workouts they're they're not going to make you uh feel like you did something significant I want you to have deep, hard conversations with those that you love. Mm. Uh, I want you to eat in a way that's boring about 80% of the time. And I want you to sleep eight plus hours.
0: Okay. It's the, it's Sign the me most, up. It's the mo- much? Yeah.
1: <laughs> but it's no less true. And I, and I think that's why it's a hard sell. And I think that's why group fitness, regardless of the modality, is such an easy and, and great place for people to start because you're doing something. And it does it you know, psychologically, it does feel like you have some momentum. and It's like, man, I finished this thing. It was experientially hard. Good for me. Like, look what I did.
0: We need to, we applaud the group fitness side too, Mm -hmm. because it gets people accountable in a rhythm moving. Maybe they weren't moving. It has someone helping them through kind of those uncomfortable steps as they get started. So the fitness side is great. I think if I'm circling back to my original story mm-hmm. guess what here I am October 2023 a year and a half after all of those things started and I don't have those problems anymore wow. and that wasn't because of celery juice mm. and it wasn't because I went to spin class more right <laughs> so it yes the fitness side can be fixed too so what
1: God such a great point
0: there's this guilt surrounding if you don't do those workouts that are going to devastate you, that that wasn't effective enough. And I think as we head into this season of holiday, it it just hurts my soul when an Mm -hmm. instructor says, burn off the turkey or burn off last night. And I'm like, that's actually not the way Kill that the, the body works. Because uh-huh. if you're burning more calories, your body is going to hit a point of calories that they burn. And then that means that you're actually taking energy from your other systems if you're overworking yourself. So you're taking away from your endocrine system. You're taking away from your digestion system. You're probably feeling mental fog. But okay, we will burn <laughs> more and do the 90-minute turkey burn. No, no. That's not the way it works. It actually might be great during this season of eating more or having that relational, wonderful time with your family to have that special pumpkin pie that if you're in that calorie surplus, that's a wonderful time to lift weights. Mm. That's a wonderful time to focus more on your resistance training. And guess what? If you have been consistent on your discipline, your commitments to yourself and your routine for the past year, this season might not shock your system too much because you'll know how to navigate it. So I say all that because during this time, people will increase their cardio workouts. So one of my hot takes on the fitness industry would be the longer cardio workout that's performed at the moderate intensity is probably not going to give you the results that you want. Now, we mentioned the low to moderate intensity being great, um, that zone two, or if you sprinkle this kind of stuff in sometimes. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about the Zone three, three, zone four. Yes, Mm -hmm. and and the three to four times per week Mm -hmm. spin class, or the three to four I used to teach spin, love spin, super fun, doesn't mean you need to do it four times a week, or Mm -hmm. that type of workout four Mm -hmm. times a week. Because what's causing, what happens is when you're working at that moderate intensity, that you're pulling more from your stress hormones, which is causing your cortisol to spike. You're working in that sympathetic system for a lot longer time. Your body may think that you're hungrier because it goes into that fight or flight. You're looking at your watch thinking, I burned this many calories, but we'll get into that in a second. And thinking that Ergo, you get to eat more and you're hungrier, so it all makes sense. And for women who are in those overstressed, busy, this is a stressful season in particular, but just in general, Mm -hmm. already in that state, when you're constantly doing that, you could be causing yourself to be more inflamed and lead to chronic inflammation. Now inflammation is okay. Inflammation is great because it signals to your muscle, hey, we we need to repair something here. If you're chronically inflamed, then you may be having more anxiety, more joint pain, less ability to connect to your muscle. So if you're out there working out and you're like, I'm just not feeling it. It's just not like working today. That's actually completely correct with the way mm-hmm. that like neuromuscularly mm-hmm. and the proprioception of feeling the work might be harder. It might be that you're just burning out quicker than you typically would. All of those big signs of chronic inflammation and inflammation an inflamed muscle takes 48 hours to repair. So during For women, a lot of times, and men even too, they sprinkle different workouts in. You might have a membership at a bunch of different places, but think about it this way. If you just burned out these muscles and then you're going to a different program the next day or reworking those same muscles because you think you need more work there, like I want biceps, I want so many biceps,
2: Mm.
0: you're actually restarting that inflammation process when it wasn't, Finished. And so you're probably not recovering at all Mm -hmm. and causing the chronic inflammation. Stress, 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 stress. stress, stress. stress. And that can cause all of these problems to just be worse. But that can be part of the trouble too with the way that we think the fitness world should be of this randomization that I want changes. I want to do lots of different things. I'm going to bounce around here. I'm going to go play tennis and then I'm going to do this. And right. But if you're not following this program, you're probably just banging on those same muscles over and over.
1: It's inevitable. It's inevitable that something's not going to match up great when you're when you're doing this juggling act of, you know, five different things.
0: That's why you need a guide. That's why you need a program. That's why we do it by quarter, but it's also fitness instructors don't plan typically their workouts with each other if it's at a studio that doesn't have a program mm-hmm. what I mean by this we um, I worked at a studio where we went through a training that next week you better believe we all wanted to use those moves because we were like I love the kettlebell swing I'm gonna do the kettlebell swing mm-hmm. I love the burpee because mm-hmm. then people hate me definitely going to do both of uh. those <laughs> that whole week everybody was doing burpees and kettlebell swings yeah. and there were people who were coming every day so that chronic inflammation process can be really devastating for your thyroid or it can make it so that your testosterone actually isn't activating. And if it's not activating, then that means that n- that muscle growth isn't even happening. So mm-hmm. all of your work that you put in was for nothing. Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of my thought on the the long cardio piece. And then that dives into some of the randomness. But I also think If our our main goal during this, as women, as men, should be for that muscle growth, that mechanical load, not the sweatiness. So the time that I spend straining that muscle, less of all of these compound movements, move, pulse, pulse, pulse type workouts, but working on specific muscle groups. As we age, our type 2 muscle fibers start to decrease and men typically have a higher compilation of those muscle fibers anyway which a funny thing about that is that women typically have more type 1 meaning they can handle more of that endurance stuff for those um, higher rep counts meaning when we're going to a I'll say it, a Pilates say class. It, just say it, yeah. And we're doing a move that is burning, right, like pulse, pulse, hold, hold, da-da-da-da. That feels like we worked more because it's more genetically natural because mm-hmm. we have more of those the female, muscle fibers uh-huh. Yeah, that, uh-huh. um, versus a male. And you've gone to one of those classes with me before. Devastating. That that a male would find that a lot more devastating because Mm -hmm. that's not the more muscle fibers that they have. They have more. That's a a
1: great point, E. That that for a female, you're going to naturally gravitate towards things that are muscular endurance, things that that highlight that type of muscle fiber. So it's not completely psychological or biological that these things are populated with women. It's because you're gonna be better at it. Totally.
0: Yeah. And the thing about that is if those are the only types of workouts that we're doing, so the endurance workouts are the workouts that are burning, mm-hmm. that's actually not going to move the needle on building what we need to build for an anti-aging standpoint, for a results standpoint for a metabolism to remain strong Mm -hmm. standpoint. Mm -hmm. So that would be something to women that I'd say, hey, 10 years ago, I wish that someone had told me it doesn't need to be these long cardio workouts. Um, It doesn't need to be that it's burn, burn, burn. It, It actually needs to be that I'm focusing on certain muscle groups smartly in order to get the results that I want.
1: So how have you in and, and I ask you this because maybe it would be really encouraging for a female that's listening to this. We talked about the brain being plastic. It's not easy to to change something that we once thought was true. But what goes through your head when we we prioritize a hypertrophic resistance training session which means the rep range isn't 30 plus where it gets into the endurance aspect of the muscle fiber what's going through your head where you you remind yourself like hey this is good hey this is this is what i want no i'm not going to get bulky by doing this you you know stuff stuff like that that's very common it's
0: very hard to get bulky yeah and but people (laughs) are trying to do it for years Yeah. yeah, It's not working. <laughs> so that's very hard. But there's I, I even while I'm sitting here saying to you, like muscle growth, muscle fibers, uh, mechanical load, focus like that could scare a lot of women mm-hmm. when, hey, I'm t- it's very hard to get bulky. I'm talking about this in the way that by focusing on these muscle groups, that is actually going to not pull too much from those stress hormones and that, co- and increase the cortisol. It's going to activate the testor- testosterone in the right kind of way. You're actually going to get the results that you want mm-hmm. from this mm-hmm. versus that randomized program that was all about your sweat. So as far as, like, working out for myself, when I come to work out, I now love those, like, what we would call bodybuilding sessions Mm -hmm. i think though you feel great when you leave and it's not devastating but as far as with women i try and with men to be honest i try to tell them a lot of like why we're doing that or why it's healthy for them or why it's not i don't necessarily say like because of this nervous system state or whatever it may be but I try to help them understand so that we can retrain the brain mm. so that we don't think about it in the old way.
1: And I think there there is a quality priority in what you're talking about. And here's a fun fact. I don't know if you've ever seen this documentary. It's called Pumping Iron. Do you know of this? Mm-mm. You guys know Pumping Iron. Most guys know it because it's it's focused mainly on male bodybuilding. It's what put Arnold Schwarzenegger on the map. It's a very popular movie amongst males. But I saw some behind-the-scenes... That and Braveheart. No, yes. I'm I Godfather. saw some <laughs> behind-the-scenes footage, and this this is going to sound like underwhelming maybe to someone, but to me it blew my mind because we're so obsessed with reps. But for those guys that were training for the quality and the mechanical load of certain movement patterns, they wouldn't care what the reps were. They were just going for the quality of the position. They would start something and be like, that's not right. And they'd start all over. And it, it, behind the scenes you're watching and it's like, well, they're not even counting. They're, they're not even counting. They're just going for like the essence of what it is they want to do. And even though bodybuilding has a certain, you know, indulgent quality to it, or, it, you know, it's, it's a little vain or, or focus more on the aesthetics, that little salient piece of information I thought is very relevant to what we're talking about, right? Where it's like, hey, I'm just doing this not for the accolades, not to hit a certain rep. It's just the quality of it. And to have a session where you go in and be like, none of that even matters is actually liberating. Especially yeah. in this culture so where it's hard. like, hey, sixty minute classes, you gotta do this, this performance, three, two, one go, it's time, you know, all that stuff. It's like, hey, I'm just I'm just trying to get a pump.
0: Yeah, it's so liberating because I almost think I get this, like, PTSD when the clock goes three, two, one. Yeah. When it clicks, I'm like, mm, okay. Uh, yeah. But I think that <laughs> it makes me think with uh, – yeah, uh, I think it makes me think with your conversation with Brian mm. that if we – yeah, and it's funny because I think in my phone he's Brian Movement or something <laughs> like that. But your conversation with him about intentionality and focusing mindset on the reps – of if I'm focusing on this one rep being really full of quality, that changes everything. Yeah. It it changes the way that you feel during the workout. It changes the way that your brain is attaching to that muscle. Remember, if you're chronically inflamed and you're not able to do that, that's a, that's a sign right there. Mm -hmm. And I try very much to focus. And someone said to me recently there, but there's so much to think about. I'm like, so there is but but just th- thinking about that movement looking as good as you can make it and we'll fine tune it as we go. And
1: such is life, right? There's a yeah. lot to yeah. think about being a parent, but it's like, hey, in the moment, like you can only focus on one or two things. And that's okay. And when you put when you put it in that context and then you add a clock to it, it just sounds so stupid. And you realize like, man, the clock was this packaged that we were told was going to make us fitter, but it's really just a logistical component of running a group fitness class, Mm -hmm. right? Like competition with somebody else does not get you more fit. It doesn't. It's a nice correlate for intensity. Mm -hmm. But if we're saying there's a session that isn't based on volume, per se, or moving as fast as you possibly can, it's totally obsolete. And I think that's something that we've just put on this pedestal. Like, well, f- of course, of course you click the clock for this. And it's like, yes. what are you talking about?
0: I even think with <laughs> with lifting sessions, when it says every three minutes times four sets or whatever it may be, I actually now like to give the option of if you feel pretty good or you don't feel pretty good, Let's, let's change that timing to be what we need it to be. And I think old me would have been like, logistically, this is going to be most beautiful if Mm. everybody is squatting Mm -hmm. at the exact same time
1: Mm -hmm. and down and uh, and yeah. yeah.
0: And now it's like, I, I want you to go when the quality is there and you will know what that means. And I think sometimes in a class, old school people will be like, when am I supposed to go? Like, no, just go when you know that you can do it. Yeah. And I think we're I'm gonna give you time.
1: Totally. And I this is a great segue to the next topic is you know, psychologically, from a operational standpoint of your brain, there's what's called a top down approach where you have something outside of you that tells you what you should be doing. And then there's a bottom up approach, which is what we're talking about. It's like, hey, you have to pay attention, you have to be in tune with what's happening, how you're feeling and let that, I mean, that's exactly the, the rule of thumb you use when you wake up in the morning, right? Sure, there's a number of hours that I slept, but you're basing your decision to go to the gym on how you feel. It's an intuition, mm-hmm. which, is a, which is a very biological and real thing. These fitness trackers we have, it's a top-down mechanism. I can wake up, Put my feet on the ground, go outside, get eyes on the sun, and then make that decision for myself. Or while I'm still in bed, I can look at my watch that says, you're under-recovered, right? Yeah. Which one's Which one's more accurate?
0: Yes, and I think that it goes back to what we said at the beginning of knowing yourself. You yeah. have to know how you feel. The fitness tracker, one of, and we are both wearing garments, people. Yeah, but here's you, this here's, podcast brought to you by Garmin. Yes, but here's why. Number one, to tell the time. Uh-huh. <laughs> Number two, I like to just kind of know an idea of my stats. Does that determine how I run my day? That's a great point.
1: No. I'll take it under advisement.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Or just I'm like, oh, that's super cool. But you and I have talked about this before, that some of the best weightlifting workouts that I have had, and then it's like, you have burned thirty-seven calories. Yeah. I'm like, ah! yeah.
1: you're uh, just warming yes. up. It's like, no, I'm not. No,
0: no, I'm not. And so, I think heart rate is a great thing to use this for, is to see. Even this morning, when I told you I was kind of elevated, mm-hmm. that I'm like, where is my heart rate right now? Um, I think that that's a great piece. But fitness trackers don't track your muscle strain. They are no matter tracking, what Whoop says, it yes, doesn't. Are tracking that heart rate and and what's happening cardiovascularly. And I think that what's interesting too is your body will adapt to the workouts that it's doing the most often. So right, Mm -hmm. it's that newbie gains thing that like right when you start working out or right when you start running or right when you start the program, you look at your calorie count and you're like, I'm incredible. And then as you continue on, it might be less, Mm -hmm. which is why I have a really hard time when people will say to me, "I burn," when still to this day, if someone's like, "I burned seven hundred calories doing that workout," and I'm like, "Oh, that could mean a lot of things," mm-hmm. because mine says two hundred, but
1: and it's not accurate, Sorry. right? So
0: here's the thing: is um, since your body adapts, but your watch might not know that, it's gonna give you a really inaccurate version of what your calorie count is. Mm-hmm. The muscle strain piece being if you're weightlifting and your heart rate is is pretty level and you're not devastated on the floor, yeah, it's not gonna calculate that calorie count correctly. But it's also on the, it may overestimate or underestimate. And a lot of that has to do with like how often you're doing the workout or how much your heart rate is changing. And what that can lead to is that you overestimate Your calories that you get to – for people who say calories in in calories out, you're taking in more than you actually could. But I think there's also that development of this more is better culture that your watch will ping you to move or you will think I haven't gotten my steps or I can't do something because – of my watch, mm-hmm. or and that should this should just be like a fun tool for you to look at sometimes, mm-hmm. not to analyze or completely go off of.
1: Yeah, or another mechanism to make you feel worse about yourself. Bad yourself. About yourself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I am not. I mean, and it can give you some good cues of of sleep and it's lack a great of teaching recovery. tool.
1: That's what I like to say. It's like, man, what a wonderful thing to introduce HRV. What a wonderful thing to to make you. Tuned into the effects of alcohol on your recovery, what a wonderful thing! Like you said, to take under advisement. Like, oh, so five thousand calorie a day. Okay, I should probably make sure I no get wonder some good sleep. I'm yeah.
0: tired. Maybe I need some food, a little yeah. bit more food today.
1: But when it becomes, uh, when you become a servant to it, when it becomes a competitive game that makes you more like a robot and less like a human, it's like, hey, we have a problem. And this thing was just invented to clue you into physical and psychological sensations that you already possess and that's absolutely true right these things that we use the watch for my body can do all of that I've just I've grown numb to it mm-hmm. right so I think it has a great place in time but uh, my wife and in her infinite wisdom you know I got her a Garmin and I was like hey it does you know it does all this stuff and she's like hang on I don't care. I'm like, but you can play games with yourself. It's like, <laughs> I don't. And she knew herself well I enough to be like, so much. to be like, hey, I don't, I don't need another thing because she's a competitive person. It's like I don't need another thing for me to be competitive with. And I was like, hey, Roger that.
0: Great, great point because that was another thing that I worked on like during my adrenal mess was that self talk and that what I was surrounding myself with, and that's me minimizing things that cause me anxiety. Mm. My biggest anxiety is time anxiety. So if I'm late to something, I just want to make sure that time is on my side. And I think that might be a great example of, hey, me looking at this is giving me that anxiety feeling of like not being enough or not doing enough. Or um, if I'm hoping for a certain thing, that's that's not actually elevating me. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And I think that goes into what we said in the first podcast, which I flubbed up the Equation, so help me here. But it was about expectation. Yeah, and it's experience minus expectation equals happiness. And I think I said it the opposite. But I I feel like everybody doesn't matter. Everybody, yeah, Yeah. everybody's like, I'll fix that equation for her. Matt's not my strong suit, and that's (laughs) my husband's strong suit. Yet I work in a place that has a lot of numbers, which I'm like calculating. (laughs) You guys had three minutes left, (laughs) so I. But if my expectation is really, really high, and my experience is not that then my happiness level is going to be affected. But if my expectation is level, I'm probably always going to have a good a good number there as far as how I feel. So I feel that mm. with fitness trackers, that it's like if I put this big expectation that this workout says it's going to burn all these calories, and it didn't, then I'm in a spiral. Mm-hmm. And that's not what we want anyone to be in.
1: And you said it earlier, it's like um – Setting expectations is relative to the set of circumstances that you have, the life stage that you're in, the residual stress that you've already experienced. Expectations are contextual. This is not contextual. It does not care about any of that stuff. It's just a data point. And so when you use that out of context, it pulls you out of your own circumstance and tells you something that's that's not true mm-hmm. because it's not in support of what your life is really looking like and so i think that's why it, you know we we could we can sum this up in a sec cuz i i mean i i don't think this is vague i think it's very clear what we're talking about but one of the things is on a daily basis assessing what you should expect of yourself for that day and setting like realistic expectations because, you know, the, the way that that quote can get taken out of context is to say, well, I just, you know, I don't ever have any expectations for myself. And that's not true. I don't think that's what we as humans struggle with. It's not having no expectations, it's just not appreciating like everything that goes into your performance. And so it's just with clear, you know, more of a landscape view. With your eyes, like seeing all the things that you have to consider to evaluate what the expectation should be, and yeah, talking about ten years ago, that's that's something I wish. Man, I had a lot of, lot of stress, a lot of self hate because of that right there. You know, having expectations that I didn't meet, and just being like, "Who are you? What are you?" Right. When it's like, hey, it's just, it's not realistic, you know?
0: Mm -hmm. And in the fitness world, if we're circling back and, you know, putting a bow on it. That a lot of us place a lot of expectation on what fitness should be. Or how perfect we need to be at it. Or how we need to look doing it. Mm -hmm. And that's actually not that sustenance idea of, I'm doing this to move my body. I deserve it. It feels good. That's app,
1: Yeah. Well, I think we could we could circle back to these things that we talked about. And number one would be, hey, you're lovable just because you're alive. Not because you look a certain way, not because you move a certain way. Like your life has worth and you deserve to do things that are loving to yourself and that's the reason that you do these things like eat vegetables and work out in a way that don't necessarily feel like it's a celebration but you have to one believe that about yourself two think really hard about these things that you're doing and the reasons why that you're doing them and without that man that can go a lot of different ways, right? You can be swept up in some fitness movement. You can be swept up in validation for how hard you worked out or the outfit that you have on or all of this stuff. So I think without those two things, like you're just you're floating in this sea without any compass or or rudder. I think like you said, um and maybe this is just the stage that we're in as parents, but I think like making a lot of decisions beforehand is crucial. Not having to worry about like how are we going to put dinner together? Hey, it's these things. It's a spice. It's kind of boring. And it's the same thing for exercise. Hey, non-negotiable. I get this sleep. When I wake up, I'm going to evaluate how I feel. And then that's going to set the stage of what I'm about to do. But that structure, that template stays the same. I don't have to, I don't have to arrive at the morning wondering, like, oh, am I going to get up? I'm not, you know, it's like, and I think everybody can can relate to that. And then, you know, I think like the the workout is not always for performance. And that's based on what you need for that day, right? There's some days where it absolutely is. And I'm a big fan of that as well. It's me like too. I want, you know, it's like, me hey, too. yesterday I painted myself on a box where it's like you set you set the pace that on the ski. That was the other day. I was yeah. like
0: I want to go. Yeah.
1: Like, yeah. But you have to earn that Mm -hmm. the same way that you earn a day to have a queen of or a chocolate croissant. And that's the balance. The majority is not very sexy. The majority is not
0: not the sellable stuff. It's
1: not the sellable, but that's palatable and it's acceptable because you appreciate why it is that you're doing that. And it doesn't feel like a ripoff. It feels like something you're doing because you you love it did we get all that i love it thank you
0: hey if you guys are interested i handle the inquiries (laughs) for the gym so you just fill out the form on our website and we can talk and we can talk about whatever you want to talk about
1: you know, after the last podcast, you had a couple of people who were like,
0: yes, I had people call and they were like, I just listened to you. And OK, what an
1: honor to speak That's to awesome. you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad it impacted you. So hopefully that happens again. But
2: thank you very much. This was you. awesome.
0: That was fun.